What's up, guys, and welcome to today's episode of Fitness Business Secrets. I'm your host, Brad Bedford, and today I'm really excited to have a guest on with us that I've been speaking to for a couple of months now in regards to learning a little bit more about his business, and I thought it was time that I shared what he is doing with you guys in regards to how to get kids training and kids more active. So, Sam, welcome Guys, Sam's business is Fun Fitness for Littlies. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brad. Really excited to be here and chat all things kids. Mate, it's really exciting to actually get you on. I know we've spoken a couple of times now in regards to, you know, the the importance of getting kids exercising and, you know, getting them off the couch. And times has definitely changed since you and I were both kids Mm. where... You know, it was coming when the street lights turned on. <laughs> and at the moment now, it's so get the kids off the couch and get them outside. But before we sort of dive into the programs that you sort of run with kids and how you sort of, I suppose, uh, got into what you're doing now, give us a bit of background. What actually brought you up into, I suppose, this stage right now where you do run the program? Yeah, well, it's, I, I come from a, a very physical physically based uh, family because dad's a PE teacher, retired now, but, you know, spent 40 years being a high school PE teacher in New South Wales. And then mum was early childhood. So I basically merged the two of them and became the middle ground. So (laughs) early childhood educator, then became a a sports teacher, I guess you could call me. Um, I I am a trained personal trainer, but I've never worked with anyone over the age of 12. So that's kind of how I started. Like I came from always being active. I got to go into dad's sports shed at school and just play. So I just loved sport. Both my parents played sport. I've been fortunate enough to actually play cricket, hockey, athletics, and now cycling with my dad. So I just see that physical activity brings us all together. And so for me, it was a no-brainer when I got into early childhood that I actually promoted more physical activity And then as I matured into it, I went, hey, we need to get these kids active at that age, not wait till they're at dad's high school where he can't really help them. (laughs) Yeah, certainly. And what was, I suppose, the the thing for you, obviously, now, you know, like I said, you only work with kids in that space, getting kids more active. What was it with you that was like, okay, like this is definitely the market I want to go down. This is definitely the people that I want to work with and the impact that I want to have. Well, I guess it was because I started in early childhood when I left high school and that's that's where I learnt my craft of working with kids. I am an early childhood educator working in long daycare. But it was actually a conversation I had with dad, uh, would have been maybe 2014, 2015. I'd been overseas for a few years teaching, came back, and he would have been, he was only a couple of years off retirement. But we'll have a discussion about how all his year sevens in the last probably four or five years couldn't hop, skip, jump, balance, throw, catch, and all those motor patterns just weren't there. And so I posed the question to him, how do we fix that? How do we get them so that they can have that? And he goes, well, really that should be happening in primary school, but you're in early childhood. Their brains are mush. They take on everything between two and five. And so if you can get those motor patterns and that physical literacy started at that age and with those correct uh, outcomes there, we should be able to hold on to them. Compared to trying to teach that to a nine-year-old, they don't they they don't hold onto it as well. Yeah, certainly. And and I suppose a good question to sort of pose here is like, why do you think there has been that shift, or how has that come about? Do you feel like again, 
know, years ago when we were kids, we I know I was so active from a very mm. early age and it sort of, I suppose, had deteriorated over the last 10 or so years. Why do you think that's been the case? Uh, well, I believe, like, personally as well, like, I used to be super active and then as I became an adult, you know, you just sort of fall into the rut of life and unless physical activity sort of goes to the wayside unless you're really motivated. I am now. I, I race triathlon, so I'm training 15 hours a week across three sports. But I think it's a lot to do with life. Like parents, a lot of parents when I was in early childhood would go would be dropping off their kids at 7.30 in the morning, picking them up at 6. They don't have time to be outside running around with their kids, throwing and catching a ball in the backyard. Uh, and then on the weekend, if they want to do anything for themselves, that's their time to do it. So the kids... I've seen a lot of it where the kids have kind of been second, they're kind of an afterthought in what do we need to help them. And so that's where early childhood and primary schools are having to try and do more. And then, yeah, you can't hide from the cost of living the last couple of years has just risen and insurance then for sports. So getting into sports and, and team activities is quite a struggle for some families in this day and age. Yeah, definitely. I know, you know I've got a, a two-year-old daughter who, who's absolutely amazing. And at the moment, obviously, it's summer. We're here in Perth. You know, it's been over 30 degrees for the last couple of weeks. But a big thing that, you know, I focus with her is very much building those motor patterns. So we're quite often th throwing balls, um, you know, kicking a soccer ball around, getting her to kick at targets, those sorts of things, you know, catching balls, getting her to start to build those patterns. And she's two. Hmm. So I think it doesn't take a whole lot of time, but... Again, I'm also very conscious of these yeah. sorts of things, but a lot of people aren't conscious. You know, the first introduction I sort of see is lots of kids get to sport. They're at that primary school age and their kids are all playing Auskick or soccer or those. So okay, cool. Now they're, they're five, six, seven. It's time to get them involved in some different things. So like you said, they've missed, they've missed so much of that early learning phase where they are sponges and able to absorb everything. So... Knowing that now, knowing what you know, give now go and develop the program. Run the listeners through essentially you know, what what you've created um, in regards to program and obviously who you're working with it with, and then we can go into you know, why um, you know gyms, personal trainers, coaches should look at this as an option if they want to you know, add additional revenue streams and these sorts of things. Yeah, well, it's it's a very untapped market. Uh as I found, I started in Newcastle, New South Wales. Uh, when I, down there, we started the business 2016. Uh, one class I had a week of eight children between, they would have been all around the three and four years old. And that was one term. And then the following term, I had 36 kids, just like that across four or five classes. So it really just went gangbusters because it was A, early childhood, NPT, and it just holistically was that sort of program where everything was touched and so i designed it with that in mind so i wanted children to engage in a multitude of sports because I'd, I'd had a lot of parents say oh we spent this on on johnny who didn't like it after two weeks and i and i said to him well did he try it beforehand no he'd never tried it so that's why i incorporate a lot of different uh, sporting equipment to then engage those fundamental movement skills. So we've got 14 odd sports on the books. So like your daughter there, you're, you're kicking with her, balancing on one foot while kicking. Right there, there we are. We're looking at balancing and keeping that body weight on that single leg while swinging a leg. So 
both sides of the body are trying to work both sides of the brain and so that's the basis of the program not only physical but cognitive social and emotional development is a key are key elements in the program and so i've basically then taken that into early childhood centers we run private classes we also started a class just before covid called fit families which then engaged the parents we had grandparents coming down because they just wanted to engage and tell stories and it was hockey week they played hockey in their younger days so they came and played it with their grandson or granddaughter and so trying to bridge that gap there as well and now i just focus mainly on going into preschools and primary schools which a lot of people go how do you get in there <laughs> it's a bit of a, a very different market uh, but it's all all based around that fundamental movement skills incorporating sporting equipment because that holds their attention, keeps them engaged and makes sure they have lots of fun. Yeah, and I love the emotional stuff as well because, you know, so many, you know, we've all seen it, the kid that mm. can't hack, hack being, you know, losing a sport and having the tantrum on the floor. We've also, you know, we've all got visions in our head as we speak about that of kids they have seen in the past that, you know, they've been pushed over playing soccer and they've mm. completely lost it. So it's a big, definitely a big aspect. Now, a lot of coaches, I suppose, they're sitting here going, cool, Training kids sounds absolutely amazing. It could also be a complete headache. Um, you know, what sort of things are you looking at in regards to you know, when a coach comes in and is like, hey, I definitely think this is a good option. I want to start running programs for kids, especially that early childhood, you know, primary school age things. How do we even look at marketing those products? And obviously with your background, what have you sort of seen in regards to good campaigns to get people in, again, to, to try it before they actually put kids through a whole term? Yeah, well, it's definitely like Facebook uh, has been great as far as running ads uh, for public classes, so where you're wanting the parents to register their child. And it's interesting because you're promoting it to the parent, but then you can actually win them over by having the kid in the class and the kid going, wow, mum, dad, that was amazing. I want to come back next week. So I actually used to use a lot of um, markets, to go have a little setup at, which got families through. The kids had a great play, and then the parents go, oh, they're having fun. Let's sign up. So I did a lot of that sort of organic marketing in the early days, uh, and then that that worked really well, and then it was just word of mouth. I also popped into early childhood centres and dropped off flyers and asked, you know, can I drop off a flyer? How many kids have you got at this centre? Can I drop one off to go home with each child? And that's a great way because you're getting direct marketing to your clientele, uh, yeah. which which is, to me, it's always been actually better than Facebook. I don't think I've really ever got that many <laughs> bookings through Facebook ads. Awareness, yes, but not so much the actual final sale. Yeah, definitely. This is where, you know, we speak about a lot now in programs, you know, organic marketing and, you know, going on to, say, early childhood centre and following their followers and engaging mm -hmm. with their parents and these sort of things. And there still goes, you know, there are some ways, but, hey, Brad, flyers don't work. Now, just going out and handing out flyers randomly probably isn't, you know, ideal option. No. When you very much have that captive audience in that space, like this is exactly the route to my ideal client mm. that I know it in the local area that I know um, potentially could benefit from these services. Why not go and run, run that option? So but if you're looking at kids' classes, definitely you know go and do that organic outreach. Again, markets and those sorts of things, definitely getting people in. And then let's run the people listening. They're sort of, you know, they're, they're here this far. They're, okay, cool. I now want to train kids. It's a good option. 
what are you generally charging kids for terms for programming and these sorts of things? Because that's obviously the guy. Like, okay, cool. I can charge adults this much. I can I can charge kids this much. Why why would I char- run kids over adults classes? What's the benefits you've seen in regards to price point there for them? Yeah, look, it's it really comes down to where you're located, I guess, as well as you know the cost of living and and where you're running the class. Whether you've got a school, so I used to always use schools because it meant that I had an oval to utilise. If it was wet weather, I could go undercover or inside, and we never had to cancel a class, which is great for clientele because they know they can expect that. The kids can expect it every week. Uh, and so, you know, you're looking at sort of $150 to $200 for a nine-week term per child. And if you've got eight-odd kids in your class, you know, there's 15 bucks a head. What's that, 130 100, Yeah, 130 bucks for 40 minutes. And you run four or five classes, you know, you could make 500 bucks in three hours on a Saturday yeah. morning. Yeah, definitely. And just that, this is where I'll be like, hey, how do I pick up this additional 500 mm. a week? You know, $2,000 a month um, you know, as they're getting started going from maybe you know, a rental based PT that wants to go and do other things. How do we start to get this leeway? How do we start to, you know, outsource? And again, I know people that have very successful businesses running them out of schools, mm. um, out of um, halls. Parts, ovals, these sorts of things. And if you're already, you know, in the school doing adults classes, why not come in at 3.30 and do a kids class or two before you lead into your adults classes? You know, you're already there anyway. You've got some of the stuff set up. It's just an additional revenue stream, which is absolutely amazing. And then a big thing you do, obviously, in your business, Sam, is help the, the, the owners or the business owner in regards to programming and these sorts of things. And I suppose really bridge that gap because... A lot of people may not have experience dealing with early childhood and I suppose the challenges that they face and the principles that we really want to be teaching them because they come from a, a PT background. They're a, you know, a fitness coach, push-ups and squats are their forte, not you know neural patterns and these sorts of things. So run us through with what you do. How do you really support the coaches as they, they grow and launch their businesses working with the early childhood? Yeah, well, as part of um, our licensing opportunity where you get to utilise everything that I've ever done um, and all the paperwork and then my brain at the same time, uh, it's all about that support. So um, as part of being a licensee with Fun Fitness for Littlies, you've got me in in your back pocket to help you. Uh, You get access to lesson plans every week, so you don't actually have to program. You can literally wake up Monday morning, there's your lesson plans for the week, and off you go. All there, all you really have to do is get out in your community and, and market it and get it going. But on, in saying that, with the brand that I've built over the years, we do have exposure all over Australia already. Um, so it's you got all my background there with that marketing, simple lesson plans, bang, straight into it. And I think there's almost 20 hours worth of training now that anyone that jumps on board will get before they start and then we can work through that and then every month I'm going to do different training to just upskill everyone just to make sure they're confident and they can get the most out of working with the kids. Yeah, absolutely love it. So, guys, massive market. If you're not currently running, you know, youth programs, junior programs, there is also the option for that early childhood as well. I know a lot of businesses, they start working with adults, and then, you know, the next program they launch is a youth program generally working for that, you know, 13 to 18 type range or, you know, it might even 9 to, to 15 range. 
But there's a massive market, like Sam said, in that early childhood range to get their kids more active. I know for a fact, our family, we try to get our daughter enrolled in a couple of things every term. So she's been obviously swimming, dance lessons. They do um, jungle jam, which is like, you know, early learning type, you know, movement patterns and things in our area. So there definitely is people out there looking for those services. The biggest thing that you realize for yourself is, is it worthwhile putting time and effort into? Is it something that you see has um, legs for your business? And but if you want to obviously have a chat further, Definitely on our podcast, you can reach out to myself if you're inside the Inner Circle program. Again, this podcast is produced for you guys. Obviously, you can reach out to Sam, have a chat with him in regards to how he got started as well. Wealth of knowledge in that area. But Sam, if people do want to reach out, have a chat, those sorts of things with you, where's the best place for them to reach you in regards to socials? Uh, So through the Facebook page, FF4L Australia on um, Facebook, and that's the same on Instagram. So you can drop me a DM there. Uh, I just wanted to leave with one one comment here, Brad. Go for it. Just, just a quick stat. So in 2021, I'm just pull it up here. Well, so I'm going to go with 2022 stat because 21 was a little bit off post COVID. But I've got the stats here from Ausplay, which is Australia's uh, part of the government agency that does all the statistics. And it's a whopping 77.9% of the population. So they estimate that's about 650,000 that were surveyed were the wrong age, too young to participate in any physical activity. Crazy. So that's a number that I think every PT should go, what? Almost 80% of children don't have access to anything in that age bracket, which is just mind-boggling so it's a market that's ready to be taken correct yeah and it's a choice thing like i said you know we've seen you know pts work then the youth has become more of the th- <laughs> this is like what's this is what's coming down the path guys you know this is the future of what's going to happen is getting more kids into sport we're seeing it now lots of nutrition programs are speaking about working with children to help them educate them for the future obviously you know schools are being a lot more emphasis on how do we get people more active how do we get kids into sports more and that's obviously then going to flow down to how do we get early childhood being more active and more involved in sport so this i suppose is the start of an opportunity um, that's definitely going to be taking over, you know, in the next couple of years in this space and really comes down to do you want to be a part of it and and take the opportunities or is it something that, you know, you're happy staying in the lanes that you're in and knowing that that's not where you want to allocate your time at the moment? Yeah, I can't speak for working with an adult because I never have, but I could imagine I, I see a lot of things on socials where PTs go, oh, they don't show up, they don't show up, all this. One of the great things about working with primary schools and preschools, the kids are always there. Yeah. <laughs> They've always got smiles on their faces. They're always like I'm Sam the man in one preschool and I've got all these nicknames and and they just love it when we come in because it's something different. We bring the fun. <laughs> exactly. You're there, for, you're there for the fun times and not for everything yep. else, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I remember that's one thing I loved in school was sport because my sports teacher would come and always be a fun session then he'd leave. And we go back to maths and all the other stuff, right? That awesome stuff, much fun. So you essentially get the, the best of both worlds. But guys, please, if you are interested in youth training, reach out to Sam. Let him uh, have a chat with you. Um, if you want to know obviously a bit more, we can reach out to us as well. We can have a chat of how you can incorporate these programs into your business. 
Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We must have you on again um, and catch up, see how things are going for you and see how the space is evolving and changing because we know it's going to be happening over the next couple of years, a very much evolving space in the industry. Sam, it's been a pleasure. No worries, Brad. Thanks so much for having me. All good. Thanks, mate. Cheers.